Welcome to the Hustlers Manifesto podcast. We jailbreak from toxic hustle culture. We take Hustler back from the belief that bigger is better, security is contingent on compliance, and freedom is reserved for the powerful. I'm your host, Sarah Duran. I'm not here to tell you how to make a quick buck. I'm here to change the way work is done so we can live more meaningful lives right now instead of betting on an uncertain future. If you value this content, please rate it and comment on this podcast wherever you get it. Thanks for being part of the movement. Hi, Tim. Hi, how are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Thanks so much for uh, joining me on the podcast today. Well, thank you so much for having me on the podcast today. We had um, such a great time. I can't remember how long ago it was now. I had such a great time on your podcast, so I wanted to um, continue the conversation and um, return the favor. Um, So we'll start off with just the three questions that I um, ask everyone. And these three questions kind of bleed together. So I asked them all at once. So the to kick us off, can you tell us who you are? Um, what is your work and why do you do it? So who I am, my name is Tim Melanson. Uh, I guess I, I do, I wear a bunch of different hats. I'm a podcaster, as you mentioned before, my podcast is work at home rockstar podcast. I'm a musician. I play shows quite often, just cover shows around town. And, uh, also I build websites. So I, I have a marketing company that we do like everything from branding to implementation to actually marketing strategy as well. So that's you know who I am uh, and also what I do for work and why do I do it? Uh, well, I've been self-employed now for 15 years and it's been quite the journey. Um, I My background before that was I worked as a software developer for a large telecommunications company. So I, I got a degree in 2000 and I don't know if you know the history on that, but that was basically when the bubble burst in IT. So I worked for eight years during layoffs. And so I guess that really kind of burst my bubble of the whole, you know, go get a job, work for, you know, 40 years and retire with a turkey. And so uh, I I was kind of looking for something else as that was happening. And I dabbled around in marketing and ended up when I did get laid off, I was like, no, not, you know, I, I'd rather have control of my, of my life, of my work. And so I decided to be self-employed. And then I decided that I want to help other people do the same. So that's really what I do through my podcast. That's really just a free resource to kind of try to, you know, help people with all the normal things that I struggled with. And also, you know, just, you know, most of my clients are actually solopreneurs that, you know, are running their own thing and I'm, I'm helping them. I've started to, over the last year, kind of break into some medium size businesses as well you know that's sort of where things go isn't it but uh but really the the passion is to help people to you know do their own thing right i mean have control of your own of your own uh i guess financial future that's awesome i love it um tell like i'm curious about like your your podcast is called work from home rockstar and Mm -hmm. so you talk to all kinds of people that work from home. And I think um, one of the things that is interesting about people that work from home is like post COVID, like lots of people work from home that don't work for themselves. Um, But a lot of us, um, I would say 
especially in the solopreneur category, I think almost all of us work from home or have some sort of like maybe like a part-time co-working space or something like that. Um, tell me about like why, like why, why specifically like working from home and like as a focus from your, for your podcast. Um, and like, what are, like, what have you learned from all the people that you've talked about mm. specifically about that topic? Well, specifically working from home was, uh, I, I think that, um, when I was looking at starting a business or starting to work, it was one of those things where you you sort of think, okay, well, in order for it to be a serious business, I'm going to have to go get a location and all that. And I just started thinking, wow, that's a lot of money that I'm going to have to put up, for, up front. You know, I'm going to have to, uh, you know, come up with a business plan, probably go get some funding and, you know, either ask people for funding or go to a bank. You know, it just all those things started to kind of like overwhelm me. And so I thought, well, why don't I just do something from home? And I think I'd been sort of like uh, prepped for it through the network marketing industry. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that struggle in that industry, but also it's the best place to get like personal growth help. And so you you really do meet a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds and they're working from home. And so I thought, well, why don't I just start doing something from home and I can avoid all those you know expenses up front and I can just start it building it slow and go from there. And the risk is just so low when you work from home because you're already paying all these bills anyway. So why not set up an office and off you go? And then the second part of your question, yeah, I mean, I've I've interviewed, I, I've lost track now. I think it's somewhere around the 300 people range since I started the podcast that all work from home. And um, you're right that there are a lot of people now that work from home and they, they have a job, which is, which is cool too. And they have similar, like there's a lot of similarities in the challenges that you face work from home, either being self-employed or not. Um, but I think the main difference is that when you are working for somebody else, they will often give you a bunch of tools and they'll give you a bunch of training and they'll show you what to do. And they'll also, you know, crack your time and do all these things to keep you accountable. Whereas when you're working for yourself, you know, you're only accountable to yourself and you can really lose track of time really fast if you don't build your own systems of accountability in place. Like you, one of the funny jokes I had, you know, early on, especially in the podcast that I've talked to a few of my uh, guests about is that when you have a boss, you can always blame it on your boss. You know, you, your friends are like, oh, you're working from home. Why don't you come help me move? Or why don't you come to the beach or whatever it is? And you can say, no, I got to work. And people seem to understand that answer with no problems, right? If you've got a job. But if you work for yourself, for some reason, people don't understand that answer the same way. They're like, no, 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 you work for yourself. Can't you just take a day off? I can, but there's going to be consequences to that. So, so I mean, you know, it's it's one of those things where, uh, you know, I think that a lot of, of being self-employed is really about having discipline. And, you know, you don't necessarily learn to have self-discipline you learn to be disciplined because other people tell you so but not because of yourself not because of your own goals right yeah i think that's so i think that's so true in my experience um i think so my my husband works from home part like part-time and he has like a quote-unquote normal job um where he works for someone else and i um 
often am like, well, I just need you to like mow the lawn at lunch or like, you know, do this. Like I have like, obviously I have like, a, we have a list of chores as everyone does. And he's like, no, I need to like, he's like, I don't think you understand. Like my job is not as flexible as your job. But I think on the flip side, what you're saying too, is like this level of self-accountability um, is so important. And I think we get, um, I've been thinking, I've been thinking a lot lately about the difference between like a boss mindset versus like an employee mindset. And I think we get those of us who started out working for other people. And even if you didn't, because I think even like in college or like everyone is trained to be an employee. No one is like trained to be an entrepreneur, especially like a solopreneur. And so I think that you have to like relearn, you have to learn how to have those internal accountability mechanisms. I also think yeah. it's super funny what like I get the same um from my, you know, friends, family, um, always like not they're not totally sure a they're not totally sure what I do and b they're not totally sure that it's like a real job right so they're like mm -hmm. you know Sarah's just hanging out over there like <laughs> doing whatever and so those kinds mm -hmm. of things about like this summer especially um just like trying to cobble together childcare for my daughter um I'm incredibly lucky that my schedule is super flexible and it's like no, I actually do have to like work. And so I have to figure like, I can't just like be the one that is, you know, taking care of her nine to five every single day this summer. Um, yeah. So I'm curious about like, what, what are some of the, what are some of the lessons that you've learned over the last like 15 years and of like building those internal accountability mechanisms and systems for yourself? Um. I still struggle with it even today. It's it's yeah. it is actually very very difficult. Um, but I think I think that having a, a really good calendar mechanism is is a really good one. Having really good tools will really help that out because you know it's almost like a mindset thing where uh, we need to blame somebody. We, we somebody's need to be needs to be blamed. So it's it's usually the boss or the job. You know I can't. I, otherwise I'm going to get fired you know, or whatever. But if you have a calendar and you have everything scheduled in the calendar, well, then you can start to blame the calendar. <laughs> it's almost like you transfer this blame onto that. Well, I got to do that because it's blocked in my calendar right now. And if I, you know, and, and then you also need to have either rewards or punishments set into as well. So, you know, sometimes you can have, you know, how like the swear jar, well, that's a great, you know, thing that you can implement into your business of if I don't do something, then I'm going to have to actually put my money into this swear jar. You know, maybe you give yourself an account. This is a whole other story about how you can, uh, you know, when you're budgeting your money as well, which I don't know if we want to get into cash flow, but, uh, you know, you, you probably should have some sort of system where you have play money, right? Money that you can, that you can spend on anything you want. And uh, that came from, what was the book called? Oh, uh, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind, I think it was what it was called. They read it long, long, long ago. And, and part of that budgeting tool is that we will tend to sabotage ourselves. And, you know, we all fall into some categories. I think, geez, this is going way back, but I think it's like spender, saver, avoider, and monk. This is the four, the four types of money people. And the spender, of course, is the spender. The saver, of course, is the saver. You know what those are. The avoider is the one who has bills like piled up that they didn't even open yet. 
Like I don't, I can't even get into that mindset of not opening bills, but one of my exes was an avoider. And like, I was just like, how can you not open those bills? I need to know what's in that. Right. Uh, But that's a personality type. And then monk is people who think the money's evil. And so they try to avoid it at all costs and try to, you know, uh, but the saver and the spender are the really interesting ones because a saver uh, will end up sabotaging themselves because they continue to save and save and save and save and save and save. And eventually, you know, something happens where, you know, a, a slick salesman will say, hey, you know, uh, you know, when was the last time you spent money in your cell? You know, that kind of thing. And you end up blowing money. And I, I'm, I'm a saver. So I, I ended up falling into that trap a few times where I blow thousands of dollars on something stupid because I just hadn't spent any money on myself in forever. And so you've sort of like build this thing up. And uh, and spenders will will do the same thing. They, I mean, obviously they they spend all the time, but then they end up, you know, sacrificing their future because they have no money saved up. Uh, but that being said, you know, if you have a budget in place where you have play money that you have to spend every month, then you end up not falling into that trap because you've spent money all the time on yourself. And so if you take that play money and then you start to create some some systems around that with your time, where if you don't spend your time doing whatever it is you need to do, you lose some of your play money or, uh, or you get some play money, you get extra play money if you actually follow that schedule. So I know that it's, 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 it's messed up in a way because you're, you know, you're, you're, you're dealing with yourself, but You've got to have some sort of system in place. Otherwise, I don't think I think you will lose track of your time and you will lose track of your priorities. So if you have really clear priorities set up, a really clear schedule set up where you can have blocks. I mean, those blocks can be moved around. So if somebody, you know, something comes up and you need to move a block, that's fine. But that block has to get done. So whether it gets moved in an hour later or, you know, and you and you move the, your, your play block up, because that's another thing too, is that, in that calendar, the same type of system, right? Where uh, time is a resource as well as money. So if you are uh, not having any free time in your schedule, you will sabotage yourself eventually and either procrastinate or, you know, do something, you know, but if you continually spend some of your time on free time, on me time, on you know, time out in the garden or time out doing what you like to do, then you won't end up sabotaging yourself there as well. So you can move your play time up if you're feeling you need a break. No problem. As long as you move your work time down a little bit. I love these strategies so much. It's very, so the calendar thing is something that I'm like real crazy about. Like basically if it doesn't, if it's not on my calendar, it doesn't exist. So every, every single thing goes on my calendar, whether it's like something that I have to do, like you said, the personal things, the play time, the work time. Um, Obviously, like meetings go on my calendar because that's like something scheduled with someone else. But I think one of the things that I see solopreneurs struggle with all the time is this, like, how do I how do I think about like getting everything done? Um, And I, you know, Mm -hmm. I can't remember the name of the I won't remember the name of the like law, but, you know, work expands to fill the amount of time that you have. And so if you yes. are able to cre- use your calendar cr- to create those kinds of boundaries for yourself, um, it not only helps you make sure that you're getting everything done, but it also helps you be more efficient, I think, with your time because you can get more um, focused on what you need to do. You know, like from 
this time to this time, I'm going to focus on just this one thing. Um, the, the money thing is super interesting to me because I think that, um, you, going back to the you, what I was saying before about like thinking like a boss versus thinking like an employee is like you have this level like I think one of the things that se- can seem scary to people when they think about going out on their own is like the number one thing always is how do I how do I get clients how do I get clients how do I feel like how am I going to have like a how do I know I'm going to have a steady income stream Um, and I think to a certain extent, when you work for other people, you like this time, money, accountability question is depending on the work that you do is like a little bit different because to a certain extent you, you can slack off it in some ways and like, you're still going to get your paycheck. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. obviously there's boundaries around that and that kind of changes depending on what you do. But when you work for yourself, you that's not possible right like you're always going to be accountable to your clients you're always going to be accountable to like getting done what you told them you were going to get done um and if you don't do it then the money's not going to come in (laughs) whether that's just like you know not having repeat work or whatever that looks like and so the financial accountability um working for yourself is i think very different in some ways than the financial accountability working for other people you're not nece- you're not guaranteed a paycheck if you're not putting in the work um mm-hmm. so it's just it's some of that built in accountability i but i love what you're saying about having using i think whether it's time money or like anything else when you work for yourself you have to have those you have to have tips and tricks for eternal account for internal intrinsic in- accountability because you don't have someone else holding you accountable um you're mm-hmm. the only person that's holding yourself accountable agree yeah and, and a couple of things too on that like when so there's a couple things about being employee versus a, being a boss okay fine you you might be able to slack off a little bit as an employee and still get paid until they figure it out <laughs> and then you will lose that job eventually, right? And I, I mean, I tend to see in the future that this is going to get harder and harder to do because as you know, more technology comes out, I mean, they're already starting to roll out things to spy on their workforce. So, you know, employers, you know, sort of have that built in a little bit to their margin. They know that their employees are going to slack off a certain to a certain extent. And that's why you get paid less. I mean, as a self-employed person, you get paid more per job than you would if you were working as an employee for the same work. And the difference there, and, and a lot of employers are starting to move towards contract work anyway, because you know they don't have to pay the benefits and they also get to pay for performance rather than pay for time. And so from an employer perspective, it's starting to look more and more attractive as time goes on. Um, but uh, but that being said, um, you know, it, it, when I was first looking at becoming self-employed, uh, I came from a place where my workforce was very volatile. So people were getting laid off for eight years straight when I was working for that company. And so to me, it didn't seem like having a job was very stable because for eight years, I thought, OK, I've got another two weeks of pay. So. Hopefully I'll get another one. You know, you you never really, I never really knew. So when I looked at it, 
becoming self-employed, I was thinking, well, if I can go out there and find myself five or 10 or 20 clients, well, then if I lose one client, still got, you know, 19 more. So I, I wouldn't lose everything all at once. Whereas in the job force, you do. And, and I mean, people are like, well, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm worried about going to find more clients. Well, if you lose your job, you're going to go find another job. Like, were you worried about that? <laughs> you know, why are we not worried about going to find another job, but we're worried about going to find another client? Like, it's just, you know, it's, it, it is the unknown. And you might think that, well, you know, if I get a job, well, I'll, you know, I'll probably be guaranteed for a certain amount of time. You may, you may not. I mean, we have no idea what's going to happen. But one thing is for sure is that when I was working for that employer, I had no control. I had no idea what was going to happen. And I had no control over the outcome of it. They could choose to lay me off at any time. And I couldn't do anything about it. I mean, I, I could maybe have a, a side hustle going, which I did, you know, and, and so I, you know, sort of had this idea of what I was going to do, but really I had no control over that main paycheck. Whereas when you are self-employed, you have a, a ton of control over what you do. Number one, you're unlikely to lose that client if you don't do anything wrong. I mean, there are some things that happens. A pandemic can happen or lockdowns can happen and businesses could get shut down. And you could lose that client that way. Fine. However, once you get used to finding clients, you can always find more clients. If you found one, you can find two, you can find three, you can find four, right? I think that's so true. This is something that this is like a myth that I'm constantly trying to bust with people is people will always, I, and I think you are probably of the same mindset. I, I personally think that working for yourself is better in almost all of the ways. And so I'm mm -hmm. constantly trying to convince people that that's true. And their number one argument is like, oh, well, I just need the stability. I just need the stability. I just need the stability. And I'm like, but that's a myth. Working for other people is way less stable, way less, way more uncertain than working for yourself to all of the points that you just gave. Um, you're much more resilient when you have 15 income sources versus one. Um, yeah. And I think not to say that getting benefits when you work for yourself is easy. I think that there is a lot more that could be done to make that easier. But if you do have your own benefits, if you're paying for your own benefits, it also is not tied to your employer. So the other thing that people lose when they lose a job is they lose everything. They lose their health insurance. Yeah. They lose their, you don't, you lose your ability to contribute to your 401k, like all of those things. If you're, if you have figured out how to get those things yourself, then those things are with you no matter what. And your money is, you know, your clients are way more, your income sources are way more diverse, um, especially to your point. And I think, you know, all the different hats you wear, I have, you know, similar varied hustles and side hustles where it's like not only like yeah. my client income streams but like my other income streams i'm in a much better position in any type of you know market downturn or another you know crazy pandemic event or something like that where it's like i can pivot at the drop of a dime and is it going to be easy not always is it going to be scary probably but like i'm a, i'm much better i'm in a much better position to you know keep going than someone else who is relying on one employer for literally everything. Yeah. You made a really good point about the health insurance and stuff like that. Like uh, all, all of that stuff, 
if it's tied to your employer, you're right, you lose it all. And not only that, but the way that insurance works is that if you, let's just say that you're working for an employer, you've been there for however many years, you've got health health insurance, and now you've got a couple things that are, you know, you need regular medication for. Well, if something were to happen, you lo- you were to lose that job, you lose all that coverage, and then you cannot get covered on those drugs now because they're pre-existing conditions. So now you will actually have to pay that out of your pocket for the rest of your life. And, you know, not to say that, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm of the mindset that I think that most drugs can be uh, voided with good habits, but some some can't. And, and that's just the way it is. However, uh, I, I strongly suggest even if you, you're employed, go get your own insurance and just opt out. You know, you, usually you can get the cash value of it for your company and, you know, just get your own insurance. You cannot require you. The days of working 50 years for the same company are long gone. So you will lose that job. And then if you don't have your own insurance, well, now you're going to be you're going to be tied to finding another job that will offer that insurance. And that really gives the employer an upper hand. Now they can sit, now they can pay you whatever they want. They can ask anything they want of you because you're stuck. You need that job because you need that insurance. And so uh, you can really get taken advantage of in those situations. And then, you know, back to your point about stability, uh, you know, being uh, self-employed, there's lots of different ways you can charge. There's lots of different types of businesses that you can get. You don't have to get a business that is one-off clients that you're consist- consistently going out and getting new clients. You can get retainer clients. There's lots of different types of work that you can get where you can, you know, get a handful or even maybe even just one client that is a retainer client that pays you, you know, on a monthly basis. You don't have to be employed by these people. You can be self-employed by these people as well on a contract that is ongoing forever which is pretty much just like a job. It's just that you have to be a little bit more accountable to, you know, paying your taxes and, you know, making sure that your cash flow is good, making sure that you are, you know, doing the proper accounting, you know, making sure that you're delivering on time. You know, all that administrative stuff is on you. However, you get to keep the advantage of being in control of it all. And, you know, firing that client if you don't want them anymore or, you know, finding another one if you want to up your your income a little bit. So it doesn't necessarily I think a lot of people, when they think of being self-employed, they immediately go to the whole like one off. I need to keep on getting more clients. I need to keep on selling. But there's lots of different things that you can do where you can be on retainer. Yeah, I think that's so true. Um, That is so the like type of client work that I do is exactly like that type of structure. It's more of like a long-term like retainer type of contracts. Um, and it, I think, I mean, I think you're so right. It's something that I, um, in with the freelancers that I coach is like the main thing that I do with them is like, how do we build a business model that gives you the life that you want to live? And that's like really thinking about all the things you were talking about is what type, like, what is the actual type of work you want to be doing? It's so like the content of the work, but like, how do you want to structure it? Like if you like, some people are natural salespeople and like really like engaging in that kind of process. And so like, that might be great for some people. A lot of freelancers that I work with are like, I like don't love having to like constantly sell myself 24 seven. And so how do you think about structuring your business so that you don't have to do that all the time? Um, but I, 
I, I mean, like for me, and I think a lot of the folks that I, that I work with and coach as well as we sort of like, I was an accidental entrepreneur. Like I wasn't like, I didn't, I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to work for myself and like build this business. I was like, I don't really love this. So I need to figure something else out. And like, turns out that I'm really good at this thing. And people just like kept hiring me to do it. And so my business sort of evolved organically from there. And once that happened, what I had to do is like, a few years in, I was like, okay, I need to start getting much more intentional about this. Like this happened sort of accidentally. And now I need, like, I, I had a kid, like other things happened in my life. I was like, I need to really like get clear about what I need this business to give me time, money, flexibility, like all those things, stability, um, and really build intention, intentional business model around that. Um, which is something that I don't think, um, I don't know if everyone, I, I know I didn't think about that up front. Um, I don't know if everyone thinks about that up front. It's usually in my experience, something that you end up doing a little bit retroactively. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people are in that same boat where it's sort of retroactive. Um, but I mean, Hey, we're 2023 now. I mean, there's no excuse. There is a thousand million actually probably resources out there that'll help you to build a business you know uh, as a self-employed or or even just a you know a brick and mortar business nowadays too any type of business that you want to build you can find the resources to do it we live in the information age so really um you know you can structure it however you want you know it's just a matter of you know finding the right resources uh and you know the right coaches too there's lots of people that will help you do it right for sure yeah, I think that's absolutely mm -hmm. right. I think that we're, I think that COVID actually went a long ways towards both the working from home, like obviously COVID was terrible. And on the backside of it, I think that people, A, like employers got used to more people working remotely, which I think only serves to like make people more amenable to freelancers and contract workers. I also think we saw people um, in nine to five jobs just decide that what they were doing wasn't worth it. Um, you know, the great res resignation and everything else. So people deciding to like choose meaning and choose work that they like and go out and like figure out what that is on their own. Um, and I think you're right. I think that a lot like what you said earlier about employers, um, a lot of employers deciding that contract workers are um, a better bet in some scenarios um, obviously that's like a complicated, there's, that's complicated in a lot of ways when you think about worker misclassification for people that are actually chosen freelancers, you know, like you and I, or people that are sort of forced into being contract workers when that's not actually how they should be classified. But I think you're, the thing about the accountability and being, you're able to charge more as a freelancer, which means you can make more money in less time and have more flexibility over your life because you're coming in as like, a very specific expert in what you do. You're not like, you're not, your time isn't getting padded by, you know, knowing that people are going to slack off because you come in, yeah. you know exactly what you're going to do. You don't need onboarding. You don't need training. You're, you come in, you do a very specific thing. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's just super interesting to think about how the work of the future is being shaped so much, especially by this like independent workforce. Yeah, I agree. And it's only going to go further i think in that direction and, and i think you're right i think the whole you know lockdown type situation it just kind of like it woke a lot of people up to how things are how they're spending their time 
you know, and, and also how really not safe and secure your, your yeah. employment is. I mean, at any point they can just say you're done. And for me, I know through the, through that whole experience, I, I lost the music income, the, the income that I was doing from, from playing my gigs. Um, but, but I didn't lose any of the other, like I actually was able to shift it and, and actually grow my self-employed business. And so, you know, for that, you know, it was really sort of one of those things, as long as you have a house and you don't lose that or, um, or a place to live, I guess, then on a computer and an internet connection, really, you can, you can continue to work. And, uh, and if you are used to working for yourself and you're, and you've created these systems that are in place, well, then you'll be able to shift. Like you said, you pivot on a dime, right? I mean, if you can create a, a system, then anything that happens, you can figure out how to how to work your way through that. And I mean, that is one of the things about being self-employed is that there's always something happening. There's always something happening that you're going to have to pivot from. I mean, it just, it, it is what it is. I mean, I've pivoted many times in my 15 years of being self-employed and done a bunch of different things. And, you know, you just get used to it. And it's, it's, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like a muscle that, you know, if you work out long enough, you, you, you are able to just roll with it Oh, lockdowns are happening. Got to do something else. Here we go. And we're on, on our way. And I think that that was one of the things that I had lots of conversations about during the, during these lockdowns with different entrepreneurs. And most of them said that things actually got better through the, through the lockdown because they were just used to pivoting. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I, I think that's a perfect place to end because I think that is like, that's like perfectly summing it up. Um, I think for like working for yourself makes for more resilient humans. It just mm -hmm. gives you these skills to be able to be more, you have to figure things out. You have to hold yourself accountable. And that not only ends up being true in your business, but it also makes you just like be more resilient and nimble in your life in general um so yeah um any like other i mean final thoughts well yeah well on that exact thought if if we think about the history of human beings how much of it do you think we were self-employed for yes most of it most of it really there's this little blip where these, you know, corporations came in and they started to offer jobs and then people start to work for somebody else. But then, but then, uh, you know, it, it does make sense that we'll end up going back because, you know, as time went on, as we can see in the workforce, you know, companies got bigger and bigger and they just paid less and less. You know, it was just one of those things where I think that we are probably going in that direction where more and more people will start to take more freedom, more, more control back of their, of their lives, because I don't think they're going to give it to us unless we take it. Right. Yep. I 100% <laughs> agree. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much for, um, being here. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of, of fun. <laughs>